he turned around and sat down on my shoulder. I looked up at him and he yawned real big and he still had about two inch canine teeth. He exposed them with a big old grin and I told the owner, I said, I don't really feel comfortable with him up here. From the Texas Veterinary Medical Association in Austin, Texas, this is Veterinary Vitals, a show that features open and honest conversations with veterinary professionals. I'm your host, Audrea Wood. Today on the podcast, I hear about the wild world of exotics from Dr. Jed Ford. Dr. Ford knew he wanted to work with animals from the time he was five. In 1982, he graduated from Texas A&M University and founded Family Pet Clinic in North Richland Hills, Texas in 1990. He was the president of TVMA in 2013 and continues to serve on the board. Dr. Ford treats small animals and exotics. So Dr. Ford, you graduated from Texas A&M in 1982. What was A&M like in the 80s? Well, A&M was uh, a friendly campus. Everybody said howdy, and uh, <laughs> uh, we had a good time. Every, everybody loved being the Aggies, and uh, it mm-hmm. was just a good time in, in the history of Texas A&M. What was starting your own clinic like? Well, it was a little frightening. I uh, um, had to um, borrow a down payment, and uh, I went uh, to, I think, four or five different banks before I finally found someone that would take a chance on me. And and so uh, I was working at a, a another clinic doing surgeries uh, three days a week. And I kept that job because I didn't have any uh, clients or patients. It was uh, getting started. And then uh, I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to keep it going. So I I kept a job just for, uh, just to make a, just to, paid my bills. And then, um, right. about six months later, um, I got busy enough that I was able to stop doing the surgery clinic in the morning. So I would do the surgery in the mornings until noon and then go to my clinic, um, and see patients in the afternoon. And then, uh, again, like I said, six months later, it was busy enough that I could, I could stop and concentrate on my clinic. So Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's juggling quite a lot. I would be exhausted. I mean, you're working two jobs, one full-time job. It sounds like one part-time job. Well, yes, but it was a security blanket. <laughs> right. Uh, just uh, starting out from from scratch. So. Absolutely. Now, you treat a lot of exotic animals. What are some of the coolest animals you've been able to treat? Oh, my goodness. Uh, when they when they told me I was an animal doctor, I just thought I was supposed to doctor animals. So I, I kind of made a policy that uh, 
if you could get it into my door, I would take care of it. So um, oh. I have worked on quite a few things. Uh, I've got a six foot crocodile monitor lizard that comes in and oh wow got, i have worked on a tiger kangaroos uh, uh three-toed sloth uh <laughs> it's been a kind of amazing what what people come up with and uh, in texas i just i would not think there are ever any sloths in texas well, there are not, but uh, there. Uh, if you have a USDA permit, you can get just about anything. So wow, uh, had a couple of them at, as pets. So now, did you happen to see the docu series on Netflix, Tiger King? Oh, I did. Yes. <laughs> what did you think and, about uh, that? Well, it was. Uh, you, you couldn't, you, you couldn't help but look. Right, right. It's like watching a train wreck, right? Right, and you couldn't take your eyes off it. But uh, inadvertently, I found out that I have worked on some of uh, the Tiger King's pets. Um, really? At one point, he had a pet store in Arlington, huh. and he purchased some animals from South America called Coatimundis and uh, he brought, he didn't bring them himself, but he had someone bring them to my clinic uh, oh. when they were little babies. So I didn't really know it at the time, but I have actually worked on uh, some pets that belonged to him. Wow. That is wild. That was just about the craziest thing I think I've ever watched on TV. <laughs> it just kept getting crazier the longer I watched it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you see a lot of exotic animals. You you see a lot of monkeys as well. Um, do you have any stories about monkeys that you've treated? I do. I, um, I often talk about a, um, a patient that was the only patient that I've ever had that actually told me what was wrong with it. Uh-huh. You know, I started treating monkeys about 30 years ago, and it all started with one that was uh, um, part of the Helping Hands program. Mm-hmm. Helping Hands program is out of New Jersey, and they um, foster capuchin monkeys that uh, are going to be trained for to help paraplegics. Okay. And um, they foster them out for about six years, and then they're socialized, and then they have to give them up and send them back to the program. <clears throat> but uh, often the owners are not able to give them up after six years, and so then they have then they have to pay them money to keep them. Oh wow! And it's pretty expensive. But a lot of my helping hands monkeys have. Uh, I've just been unable to surrender them, so they they pay the exorbitant fee to, wow. to keep their pet. But anyway, uh, one of these monkeys came in 30 years ago, and um, 
with a broken leg and I didn't really know what to do with it, but I, I thought it looked a little bit like a human. So I put it in a plaster cast and it just happened to work. So I didn't know there were very many people that have pet monkeys, but um, Mm -hmm. she told two friends and they told two friends and before I knew it, I was taking care of about 150. Oh my gosh. Monkeys. <laughs> the monkey community heard about you. They did. And one of the rules that I had was I won't work on old world monkeys from Africa because they have diseases that um, can be quite harmful to humans. Mm. And I didn't want to put my staff in that situation. So I limited my uh, service to monkeys to the old, to the new world monkeys from South America. Okay. They're a little safer as far as public health and uh, contagious diseases. Okay. And so this monkey came in named Genesis and, um, my staff did not realize that he was an old world monkey. And so he was a white crowned um, mangabee, mm. which is in the macaque family. And normally, had they called, I would have re- refused to see them. But they didn't call. They just showed up. And before I do it, my staff had put the uh, patient in the room with the owner and so I feel obligated to take care of it once it's in my exam room. Right. So I walked in the room, and when I did, Genesis got up off the table, and he crawled up my arm, and he turned around and sat down on my shoulder. Oh. He's a significant uh, monkey. He's about 30 pounds and uh, uh, maybe two and a half feet tall, and uh, when he sat up there, he I looked up at him and uh, he yawned real big and he, <laughs> he still had about two inch canine teeth wow. and uh, he exposed them uh, with a big old grin and I told the owner, I said, I don't really feel comfortable with him up here right. <laughs> near my face. And so she said... Uh, Get down, Genesis. So he, he crawled down my arm, and he went to the edge of my um, uh, treatment table, turned around and sat down like a little boy with his feet hanging off the edge of my table, and he was just swinging them back and forth, looking at me. And uh, So I focused my eyes on the owner, and I said, um, so what seems to be the problem? And when I said that to her, Genesis leaned forward and pointed to a spot on his head where there was about a two centimeter uh, laceration, a little bit of blood around the the tear. And uh, I said, so you cut your, you cut your head. And uh, when I said that, uh, Genesis reached over and grabbed his right ear and, and kind of pulled it out and showed it to me. And I said, oh, and you cut your ear. <laughs> and when I said, you cut your ear, the owner 
recoiled and said, he cut his ear? She didn't, <laughs> she didn't even realize that he had uh, also cut his ear. Oh, my gosh. So, I'm so glad he advocated for himself at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty good. That's the first time ever and the first time or the only time since that a patient's actually told me where it hurts. <laughs> but um, I told her that we had to sedate him and sew that up. And so we did. And I was worried about it uh, because monkeys have thumbs and they can... Uh-huh. They can pick their stitches and do just about anything with their hands. And so I called her the next day and I said, uh, how's Genesis? Has he pulled his stitches out? And she said, no, he hasn't pulled them out, but he's driving me crazy. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, he he comes and grabs my hand and he puts his my hand on his head and makes me check his stitches and I, oh. I, I pat him on the head and I tell him it's okay it's okay and so five minutes later he does the same thing and it's all oh day goodness. long <laughs> oh my goodness he's worried and so uh, I asked her have you figured out how he cut himself and she said yes I think so we uh, every time I ask him he takes me outside to his outdoor uh, cage enclosure and uh, we had put a large rotating fan in there and in order to keep him from getting his fingers stuck in the fan we p- put a hardware cloth cage over it huh. and he always leans down to the bottom of that uh, box and um, there's a little place where the dirt was dug out and there was a wire that was loose and sticking out and we think that he must have stuck his head under there and, and cut himself. Oh my god. So not only did he tell me where it hurt, he told her how he did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. What a smart little but, monkey. So I guess in a way he's uh, um Speaks English. I, I mean, suppose. kind of. Yeah, kind of. Have you experienced that very much with your monkey patients? Do they seem to understand what people are saying? Or, well, they they do respond. Uh, I don't know how much of it is training, how much of it is conditioning, mm-hmm. how much of it is actual understanding. But uh, there have been some very unusual stories that I've heard from the owners about uh, um, the antics that their, their pet monkeys do. I see. Uh, One of them, one of the stories uh, I have one pet monkey that has a pet and (laughs) (laughs) that monkey has a duck that he takes care of and he's oh my gosh he won't go to bed at night until the they bring the duck in and put the duck to bed (gasps) in a box near the the monkey's enclosure inside enclosure and only then will he settle down and go to sleep so oh my goodness they could be a famous pair the owner could really be profiting off of their friendship. Exactly. <laughs> I see um, odd kind of animal pairings on Instagram or online where, you know, there's a 
I don't know, a cat and a bird that are best friends and go around everywhere and they get really famous. They, you know, yeah, it's pretty wild. It, it is true. And I, I uh, I've had uh, some other stories and seen some videos from some of my clients where they show me how if they pick up a rag and start cleaning the house, the, the monkey will pick up a rag and start mimicking that behavior and act like, act like they're helping her clean. Although <laughs> I don't sure I would want to eat off that surface. Right. But. <laughs> right. Not sure they're doing any good, but it's a thought that counts. Now, do you own any exotic animals yourself? Well, over the years, I have owned quite a few. I decided early on that if I was going to uh, take care of these creatures, that I should probably try to house them and, and um, take care of them myself so I would at least know a little bit about what the owners are going through. Oh. So I have had, um, I, I, currently I have a pet snake. Oh, wow. And... I have a 35-pound sulcata tortoise. Oh, oh my goodness. And uh, that's all I have currently, but I've, I've had quite a few birds, um, okay. pocket pets. <laughs> I had hedgehog. I had a, a sugar glider. Um, all the, oh all the common pets that come into my clinic, I try to Either I have or I try to acquire one so I can uh, take care of it myself. So I'll, I'll know a little bit more about what I'm talking about in the exam room. Yes, that's very that smart. Um, hedgehogs have become so popular in the last five years or so. Are you seeing more of those? Um, yes, it seems like um, I think we had two come in just last week, so... They do seem to be, they were popular back in the, in the late nineties. Okay. And then they kind of fell out of favor, but now they're kind of coming back. So I have seen some. What, what kind of issues would hedgehogs go to the clinic for? Well, believe it or not, they have a lot of skin issues. Um, They have mites and uh, uh, we see everything from, Sneezes, coughs, uh, diarrhea, oh. um, and uh, the one last week, unfortunately, came in with a neurologic problem, which is a a problem that's all too much, too common, and uh, and we don't know what causes it. It's, <laughs> it's called the wobbly hedgehog syndrome. <laughs> oh my goodness! For a lack of a better term, but uh, we don't know what what causes it, but it it. Um, Wow. It's some kind of neuromuscular disease, and there's doesn't seem to be a cure for it right now. Oh, my goodness. Poor things. All wobbly. So I did have one other monkey that surprised me about two months ago. He, uh, I gave him his annual exam, and uh, he woke up from his anesthesia and uh-huh. um, got back to normal. And so I always make them stay there while they wake up so that I can double check them before they leave. And uh, he was quite aware and quite awake. So he was also sitting on his uh, owner's shoulder when she was 
checking out and um, she opened her purse and uh, this monkey named Joby reached into her purse and grabbed her credit card and uh, tried to hand it to me. And uh, <laughs> so I pointed towards my receptionist. And so he took it, put it in his other hand and handed it to my receptionist. So, Oh my goodness. In oh, a way, so and, and now I've, I've not only had a patient tell me what was wrong with it, I've now had one patient in my whole career that has actually paid their own bill. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh my goodness. I would love to meet these monkeys. They sound so funny. Joby's, so entertaining. Joby is uh, quite a special monkey. He, uh, he does birthday parties and special events and uh, she stays, ah. she stays quite busy with him. Um, he plays basketball. He, um, Wow. Uh, searches people's pockets for dollar bills and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, quite... so he literally paid for his own appointment. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and he, he's 35 years old. Wow. Uh, which is pretty old for a capuchin. They, they can live up to 50 years old, though. Wow. And he's, he's very healthy and very active at 35 years old. Oh. That is so cool. I didn't realize they lived that long. That's awesome. Well, they, you know, they are difficult pets and most people that have them um, really have to make a, a commitment to take care of them because it's, uh, it's certainly not easy and I certainly don't recommend it, but uh, mm. you know, most of these people are um, not able to leave town, uh, not able to go anywhere without their their monkey because they're so dependent on them. And right. So it really, it really is a chore. I I don't think it's for everybody. And it, if uh, you're not, if they're not willing to make that commitment, they really should not even think about getting one. Mm, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about that. So they can become really attached to monkeys. And obviously, it's a big commitment. They live a long time. So what would some other good things be for people to think about before purchasing exotic pets? Oh, goodness, you, you've got to consider the the housing you've got to consider their well-being you've, you've um, mm. got to ex uh, consider the expense it's it's very expensive to uh, take care of these these kind of pets and uh, mm. um, I just think that it's most people just need a dog or a cat <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree. I have a dog and that is as much as I can handle time-wise and financially. So I'm pretty happy. That was Dr. Jed Ford of Family Pet Clinic in North Richland Hills. It was really nice to talk to him and I'll be honest, it made me want a monkey. 
I actually found Joby the Monkey's party entertainment website, and I must say he doesn't look a day over 25. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a colleague and rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. A like, a share, a retweet, these are all great ways that you can support TVMA that won't cost you a dime. I'm your host, Audrea Wood. Thanks for listening.